Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 7th, 528 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Corn Futures, nearby March contract, posted some fresh lows overnight, down four and a half at 434 and a quarter. March soybeans down 13 and a quarter at 1186 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down one and three quarters at 593 and a quarter. March spring wheat down three quarters of a cent at 617 and three quarters. March spring wheat down one at 692 and a quarter. I wrote that today was Tuesday in the email this morning. It's actually Wednesday. It's just one of those days for me. So if you guys are premium subs, no, it, it was written on Wednesday. It just says Tuesday. Uh, what do we got to start here? So oil and farm groups are teaming up to oppose electric vehicles since the rise of EVs is projected to reduce oil and ethanol demand. The American Petroleum Institute, the National Corn Growers Association, and other, other groups are coming together to promote ethanol usage. The groups are supporting legislation that would allow year-round sales of E15 across the U.S. The measure would also protect access to lower blends. Ethanol proponents say it will take decades for all passenger cars in the U.S. to transition to EVs and that ethanol is needed to slash carbon emissions. The proposal, however, is facing challenges, including resistance from independent refiners who are more vulnerable to biofuel compliance costs. So we can all join hands in the name of of money, of course, and that's what brings people together. Um, if you look at this uh, little graphic they have here, so you're looking at 2.1 million barrels per day being displaced by EVs uh, of oil, and they're projecting essentially that that's going to 10x uh, to 20.6 million by 2040. I don't know how accurate these projections are. We are using more uh, E15. I don't know if this is enough to move the needle. If all of this EV stuff is correct and all of these projections are, are correct, it underscores, <clears throat> excuse me, it underscores the need for sustainable aviation fuel. This is what Tom Vilsack said at the opening of that Lanza jet facility in Georgia. The Biden-Harris administration is committed to harnessing the full potential of SAF as we continue to build a strong economy that is sustainable, resilient, competitive, and keeps rural places thriving. As we transition to SAF, this will not only create new climate-smart commodity markets for American producers, but it will also help American companies such as LanzaJet corner the market of a valuable emerging industry while revitalizing rural communities like Silverton, Georgia, in this instance, with agriculture front and center in the effort. So if the EV thing is, is as real as they say it is, um, SAF is the future of ethanol. If there is a future for ethanol, that's the future is that it's going to go into airplanes. And, uh, we hope that that plan continues because I mean, this push that, you know, they want to see more E15 or whatever, it seems like, like a bandaid on just a, a much bigger picture problem, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. U.S. corn farmers are calling on the White House to support biofuels. According to the National Corn Growers Association, the Biden administration may be overlooking the benefits of biofuels in terms of reducing vehicle emissions. In a letter that will be sent to President Biden, the group stated that too much emphasis is being put on electric vehicles. The group believes a multifaceted approach is needed to tackle climate change. That kind of approach includes increased levels of biofuels like corn ethanol. Nearly 3,500 farmers signed the letter. The Biden administration is still calling for half of all new car sales to be electric by 2030. I'll tell you what, there have been some 
setbacks, I believe, in the uh, EV business. You look at what Tesla has done. Tesla's stock is 55% off of its all-time high, and it's already down 25% year-to-date uh, here in 2024, just through the first five weeks of the year. And, and Tesla, I don't know if you can call it a tech stock, but it, it certainly trades like a tech stock. The uh, The volatility here is just crazy. You see big peaks and big troughs, and we're just in one of those troughs right now, perhaps. Um, the prices of EVs have come down drastically. So the uh, the price of a used Tesla peaked on average at almost $68,000 of July, in July of 22. And now they're trading as of uh, the end of January, at least below 35,000. So the price of a used Tesla went down 49%, whereas the price of, of just an, your average used vehicle is down only 13%. So you've seen some uh, reduced enthusiasm, I believe. Ford is having all sorts of problems. They're going to pull or delay $12 billion in funding on all electric vehicles because I think they lost a ton of money with that um, F-150 Lightning deal and, and some of their other deals. So I think through this cycle, and this cycle is like your post-COVID, everybody got a stimulus check, everybody bought a Tesla uh, cycle. I think the enthusiasm has peaked. And then you've got people like me who have no interest in owning an electric vehicle. We're not buying them. The people who wanted them have them. So the cycle is peaked for now, but that's just for now. Fast forward a couple of years, it's, it's probably going to look a whole lot different. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? Yesterday was Grain Marketing Mailbag Day. So I have questions that come in from uh, premium subscribers and, and from all over the place all the time about grain marketing. I've got this situation. I've got that situation. Uh, one of the the topics and one of my answers to the a lot of the questions that have come in regarding grain marketing is this, you know, turn your opinion questions into management decisions. So a lot of times I'll get questions like, Joe, I'm sitting on some old crop corn or whatever. What do you think about the market? And what I think doesn't matter. I don't know where the market's going and neither does anybody else. What you've got to try to do, and it's, it's difficult sometimes, but you've got to try to turn these opinion questions into management decisions. We also talked about the 2024 acreage mix among some other uh, grain marketing topics. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. We do a new premium video every single business day. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time. That email includes all of our cash grain marketing recommendations, uh, news headlines, graphics, charts, all sorts of stuff. Um, go to standardgrain.com. Check out that deal this morning. If you guys like the YouTube channel and you like the podcast, you'll love the premium stuff, I promise. Uh, give that deal a shot. I'll forward you a copy of this morning's email. USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASD report on Thursday. The February report is typically not associated with market volatility. However, some changes are expected. Traders expect the USDA to cut its projections for Brazil's crops, while increased estimates for Argentina are expected. Very few changes are anticipated on the U.S. balance sheets. This is not usually a market mover. The next market mover for us in terms of USDA reports is probably going to be that March 28th report. That's prospective plantings and also grain stocks. Um, USDA is going to confirm this. And this chart right here is at the crux of your problem for the corn market, which again, uh, trades into some fresh lows today. The, uh, the supply and demand situation in the United States is just drastically more comfortable, loose, bearish than it has been in the last three years. Our stocks to use ratio is going to be close to 15% this year if USDA projections are correct, whereas it was running sub 9 or sub 10% rather the last three years. So, you know, a 15% U.S. stocks to use ratio is much closer to where we were 
2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, and prices during those times were not good. Um, you're not looking for a whole lot of changes on the ending stocks front for the United States. Uh, the world, you might see some adjustments. Um, you should see USDA come down with the Brazilian crop estimates, both for corn and for soybeans. Some people are looking for higher Argentina numbers, which I don't know if that's a fact or not, given this uh, hot and dry spell that they've seen here for the last uh, couple of weeks. So I don't know. This just uh, it, it should be kind of a snoozer. I suppose you never know, but but I wouldn't expect much in terms of volatility here. Chinese officials are concerned about U.S. tariffs. While meeting with the U.S. while meeting with U.S. Treasury officials this week, Chinese financial officials voiced concerns about U.S. tariffs. Officials also expressed reservations about investment restrictions and sanctions meant to suppress Chinese companies. The meeting produced constructive exchanges and continued communication as expected. Another meeting was held between China's vice premier and the U.S. Treasury undersecretary for international affairs during the meeting the vice premier called on the two nations to increase communication and cooperation to strengthen economic ties china's got big time economic issues so um i think that they want to they want to do things that will help their economy to move a little bit smoother in terms of tariffs you know a lot of this stuff from the trade war is still in place and i'm not an expert on it but a lot of those tariffs are waived um as an example when china buys soybeans from the u.s there's still tariffs in place, but the buyer essentially like requests a waiver from the government and it's been granted in almost all instances. So maybe this goes back a little bit to what we talked about yesterday. Maybe they're maybe they're concerned about a trade war 2.0. I don't know, but uh, I guess it's good that they're talking. I mean, I think China needs us to buy their stuff. I do. So um, I, I don't know. I guess that I guess it's good that there's conversation. I don't know. According to the Turkish foreign minister, Russian President Vladimir Putin will soon visit Turkey. The visit would be Putin's first trip to a NATO country since Russia invaded Ukraine two years ago. The meeting between the two leaders is expected to focus on an alternative route for Ukrainian grain through the Black Sea. An exact date for the visit has not been released. However, Turkish media has reported that Putin will arrive on February 12th, which is this coming Monday. This is a neutral to maybe slightly bearish headline. Um, Ukraine can probably offer wheat on the export market cheaper than what the United States can offer. And Ukraine actually has corn in uh, somewhat limited quantities that they can offer uh, cheaper than what the U.S. can offer, I believe. So I don't think this is a market mover, but it's certainly not a friendly headline out of the Black Sea. The EU has withdrawn a plan to reduce pesticide use. On Tuesday, the European Commission president said she would withdraw a plan that is meant to reduce pesticide use by 50 percent until 2030. The announcement comes after a wave of farmer protests throughout Europe against planned EU regulations. The withdrawal of this plan is another instance of the EU reversing course on laws meant to achieve aggressive climate targets. The EU is, uh, is also most likely feeling pressure ahead of elections in June. Also on Tuesday, the European Commission promote, proposed that the EU cut net greenhouse gas emissions by 90% by 2040. Part of the proposal regarding agriculture, though, was weakened due to the recent farmer protests. Well, good for the protests that they actually made some progress. I still think that this European climate agenda is absolutely terrifying. Reuters had their own headline on this, and it said, EU recommends ambitious 2040 climate target goes light on farming, like in indicating that the farmer is like the bad guy here. 
which makes absolutely no damn sense. I, I don't I don't know what these people want. Um, I'm not an expert on the European climate agenda. We did have Kip Tom on a couple different times to talk about some of these European climate agendas that are out there, and they're absolutely terrifying. And uh, you guys would be surprised to to know just how far they've advanced in the United States. Even there's some lobbies that are pushing this stuff uh, here in the U.S., which which is is terrifying. So. I don't know what these people think we're going to eat, but um, have have fun. I guess that I guess that's good for the pro- protest. I mean, we've we've covered this, and, and the you know tractors driving down the streets in Europe and stuff, and uh, maybe that happens here down the road. I don't know. Right. Hope not. Hope not. Hope not. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, it was a regular turnaround uh, Tuesday for cattle futures yesterday. Feeder cattle futures gained an average of two seventy eight. Live cattle futures closed an average of two dollars and four cents higher. Box beef held its own yesterday. Choice ended the day at two ninety four oh seven. That was up fifty nine cents. Select ended the day at two eighty four sixty. That was up eighty three cents. Outside markets pretty quiet. U.S. dollars just a little bit lower. Stocks are mixed. Bonds off a little bit. Crude oil's up 65 cents in the March WTI at 73.96. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Thursday.